0: Better way to do this Let me show you a better way Hi folks this is Jack Spirico with a special Thanksgiving edition of the Survival Podcast No housekeeping no advertising no nothing today just a few words from me uh, introducing the show, and then this is like uh, something that's become a tradition and of the uh, of the specials. It's the one I haven't ever redone. This is in its original form. And I think we might leave this one in its original form. This is episode 100, was the first time that the majority of what you're going to hear today was broadcast. This was my first Thanksgiving show that I ever did. Uh, it was just in the first year. There were only maybe 1,500 people listening to the show at the time, probably less than that. We probably hadn't hit our 1,000 yet. Um, we'd only been on the air for about four months, I guess, and we did this show. And it's become kind of a tradition to just rebroadcast it on Thanksgiving. And maybe one day I will redo it, but I kind of really feel like I nailed it the first time with telling the story and bringing up all the things that happened. And um, I, I think that you know maybe redoing it is not, not warranted in this case. I'll listen to your comments uh, on the blog, and you tell me if you think I should redo it or if I should just keep at least one of the special shows in its original form when I used to have to do this show every day in my car. And before I introduce uh, that segment for you, and it's the real story of Thanksgiving. It's what really happened. It's A lot of the mythology has some grounding, in fact. But a lot of the real story beyond the mythology is actually a lot more intriguing, a lot more interesting, a lot more special than the mythology. And that's why I did the show. I wanted people to really understand what Thanksgiving meant to the first people that had it. And what it meant over the years to the nation and how it helped heal the nation uh, along with Christmas. And Thanksgiving and Christmas, I've always kind of looked at as sister holidays in in this country anyway. So that's why I did the show. But on a day like today, and this is one day before Thanksgiving for you, and it's two days before Thanksgiving for me that I'm recording this, I think it's important that we take time to think about what we're thankful for. And I know a lot of families kind of go around the table and say what you're thankful for this year and all. I think that's great. But I think that there is a certain value in realizing what you're thankful for, no matter how good or how bad your situation seems. And it's something we probably should do more than once a year. And hopefully this year you have a lot to be thankful for. And I'd love for you guys, since we're a family, to go to the survivalpodcast.com, go to episode 791, which is this episode. And in the comments, you tell us, your, your fellow family, your TSP family, What you're thankful for this year. And I thought maybe I'd tell you some of the things that I'm thankful for. Well, first of all, since I'm on this microphone and talking to this community, that's the big one that I'm thankful for, this community. Um, In 2008, I was just some wingnut with an MP3 player and an old headset yelling at people as I drove through uh, traffic, telling America that there was hope if we would just be strong as individuals and look after our families, ourselves, and our communities and that we could get through a lot of the crud that was coming. And we've gotten through a lot of it. There's a lot to come, but we have we have gotten through it. And I had a couple people listening to me, and within a few months I had maybe a 1,000. And then over the years, the show matured. I think my ability to get information out to you guys got better. I think my research got better. I know my community, you guys helped me a ton, and this became a full-time business. And for that, I am eternally thankful. And then something very special happened this year. You guys watched me. You watched me through three and a half years where I said, I'm going to get myself to a place where I can have my homestead and I can be out of the city and my family, uh, we will have that freedom and I will be able to feed my family and I will be, I will do this. I have a place. I just need to get my life to a point where we can do it. And I did that. And now we live in Arkansas. And we live up in the Washington Mountains, and right now they are so beautiful with the colors of leaves everywhere. And uh, yesterday it rained all day, and there were clouds sitting on the mountain, and I'm very thankful for that. And I have a lot of work ahead of me, and I'm thankful for the work that I have to do. But I am so grateful to this audience that has made every bit of that possible. There's no way, there's no way I could have done this by 39 years of age without these, without you guys. None. So I'm thankful first and foremost for you. I'm thankful for my wonderful wife who has tolerated the ramblings of an insane internet entrepreneur uh, for, I guess, about 10 years and has tolerated the ramblings of an insane entrepreneur for about, oh, God, we're getting close to 20, folks. I guess 16 years she's tolerated my mania and uh, been the other half that's made the stability possible so that we could grow together. I'm thankful for my son, who by the time you're listening to this will be with us. He's coming in. Uh, I'm, again, I'm recording this on the uh, 22nd, and uh, he's coming in about 2 o'clock today, and I'm thankful that he'll be with us. And I'm thankful that after we have Thanksgiving dinner, as it's just a small family affair that you just the three of us. Uh, Friday morning, we're going to drive down to Texas and spend it with the rest of the extended family, spend the whole weekend uh, down there. And I'm going to get to see my family again. I'm thankful that I have the freedom to do that that I can actually you know, shut the company down for a few days. And there will be no more Survival Podcast until Tuesday of next week. There might be one Monday, we'll see, Uh, but most likely it'll be Tuesday that we'll be back. And uh, I'm thankful I can do that. I have that freedom now. And uh, again, I'm thankful to you guys for helping me get there. I'm thankful to live in this country. I'm thankful for the men and women who wear uniforms, both military and law enforcement, that are all over the world and all over our country protecting us. I know that some of you don't feel the same way. I know that some of you have some animosity uh, because of some of the things you see as abuse, and I share some of your concerns. But it doesn't change who the individual wearing the badge or the camo is. It doesn't change the individual, and that individual with the abuses that do happen is the only thing that's kept a lid on it is that individual in his heart and believing that what he's doing is right. So to all of you who have done that and who continue to do that and to the families of those who continue to do that, thank you for your service. Um, thank you to military spouses. I think it's, uh, it's really easy to lose sight of how hard that job is. And it's really stressful and it's constantly being concerned that is he going to come home? And remember, we have men and women that serve in our military that, that are on completely peaceful missions, like the one I did in, uh, in 1991 in uh, Honduras, where people get killed. And it's not because of gunfire and IEDs always. Uh, or people get injured and, and never recover for the rest of their lives. They end up in a wheelchair like a young man that that happened to down there. Um, It's dangerous work in these remote areas that that our military goes to. And in that case, we weren't dropping bombs and, and letting lead folks. We were building roads and schools for people in an area that didn't have any. That's some of the work that your military does. Don't always focus on just the combat arms aspect of things. There's a lot of things associated. Be grateful for it. I am so very thankful that I can sit here and say whatever I think and broadcast how I feel about my government or about my people or about my nation or about the world, and no one comes and takes me away in the dark of night. I'm so grateful for that, that we have that freedom. I'm grateful that we have a platform like the Internet so that I can do what I do and all of you can do what you do, and we can share information with each other, we communicate with each other. And Australia and New Zealand and Japan and Turkey and all these nations that people listen to the show from, that I hear from, they just don't seem as far away as they did 20 years ago because I can communicate with that person very, very easily now. And I can see who that person is. And I think that's gotten rid of a lot of bias and racism and cultural hatred and things. I think there's a long way for us to go as a people to get rid of more of that. But I think when you can see the person in the other country and you can talk to them and you realize that they're a person just like you, propaganda just doesn't work as much anymore. And for every bit of propaganda that still works, there's another equal side that's fallen off. And I'm thankful for that. And most of all, Most of all, I'm thankful just to be who I am and to have that freedom to be me, to be myself. And I wish the very best to all of you. So now, let's go back to 2008, Jack Spirico, from the car, MP3 recorder, old headset, bad quality audio, great story about how Thanksgiving actually started and evolved in our country. First of all, the traditional view is in 1621, a bunch of pilgrims got together with a bunch of Indians and had a great big feast. They had turkey and gravy and mashed potatoes. Alright? Uh, all the pilgrims were dressed in black and white and had big buckles on. It's not that far off. Here's the problems with it. One, they didn't have mashed potatoes. They didn't grow potatoes in the northern colonies that first year. Number two. They didn't have buckles. You know, all those pilgrims, little kids, buckles? Buckles didn't get in fashion until the 1700s. No buckles. They were wearing black and white because they had the feast on a Sunday. And the pilgrims wore black and white on Sundays. It was formal attire. They did not always run around in black and white while they were working in the fields and hunting and, and fishing and farming. It's a myth uh women mostly wore colors like reds, greens and tans. The men wore colors like tans, grays, greens, tweeds, beiges. Uh so they weren't always running around in big top hats with buckles on and gaiters and things like that, okay? So that that's a myth, not a big myth. Um turkey they probably had uh, the, the original recorded journal entry of Thanksgiving says they shot as much fowl as they could. That would probably be a lot of ducks and geese that time in New England. Another belief is that they had this holiday, uh, the third, uh, third week of uh, November. They did not. Uh, it was somewhere between the end of September and beginning of October that they had the original Thanksgiving. If you've ever been to New England, you will know why. Now, here's the big myth. that They had this first Thanksgiving feast, and it immediately became a tradition, an original American tradition. And that every year thereafter, they continued to have this holiday. And that as the United States evolved and grew, wherever Americans went, wherever colonists went, the, th- the holiday went with them. It's not how it happened at all. You see, they didn't even have the feast the second year. It didn't happen a second year because the colony was ravaged with a lot of problems and diseases and crop failures and other colonists came and those other colonists didn't immediately pick up the holiday, but over time As people began to settle the United States primarily, initially in the northeastern United States, in the Virginia colony, which ran from like the Hudson River area of New York down to what is Virginia. That whole thing was called Virginia Company. And uh, as that started to spread... And what I mean by spread is as the People start to spread out, start to set up actual permanent places to live, building farms, starting to to live normal lives, at least for the period and the time. The tradition of Thanksgiving, going back to that original meal, began to be created. And people began to sit down at the end of the harvest season. And sometimes there was some formality in certain regions and certain areas to, we're going to do it on this day. We're going to do it on that day. Um, But there was no official holiday, and there certainly was no colony-wide holiday. It was just something people did. And they did tell stories, and that's how the whole tradition of the the original Pilgrims and Indians Thanksgiving uh, got kept. It it, It became part of history, because people did tell that story by word of mouth. And they would sit down at the end once they had they had you know put everything away for the year and finished making their winter preparations. And what does that remind you of? The Ann and the Grasshopper? Modern survivalism? That's exactly what it was, folks. That's exactly what Thanksgiving was in its origination. People would get ready for winter. They worked hard all spring. They worked hard all summer. They worked hard in the beginning of the fall. They put everything down in the root cellar. They did everything they possibly could. They went hunting. They went fishing. They stacked up the meat in the ladder. They did everything they could to get ready because they knew, especially if you've ever experienced a winter in Connecticut or New Jersey or Massachusetts or Vermont or New Hampshire or Maine or upstate New York, then you understand what they were getting ready for. Brutal cold, short days, they didn't have greenhouses, folks, no ability to grow anything. And even the game would get scarce by about December because it would be hard to find. Because it would go hole up somewhere to keep warm itself. And it would have to travel long distances, it wouldn't congregate anymore. So it would be hard to even go out and harvest anything at that point, besides it was too damn cold. So hopefully they had enough wood chopped, they had enough food put in the larder, they had enough food in the the root cellar. And remember, they didn't have refrigerators, freezers, electricity. But when they got everything as done as they could, they sat back, they came together, and they had a great big meal. I want you to think about something that most people will never, ever think about today. What they had done is put away enough that they hoped would be enough. And often people were quite hungry by the time the first days of spring started to come around. Sometimes a winter could go longer. It would be later in the season before you could plant crops. Sometimes you'd start your crops, and you know what would happen, folks? A late frost would come in, and and it's put you back three, four, five weeks. It's a long time to go without food. So you would think that after they put all this food away, they would immediately begin rationing their food. This is how much we have today. This is how much we have tomorrow. We have to plan for the future. People that put that much planning and effort into preparing for winter, you would think that's what they would do. And, folks, it's the way they lived 99% of the time, except for Thanksgiving. On Thanksgiving, they covered the table with food. And it was, at times it was a three-day event, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and you went to church on Sunday. And they would have relatives and friends, and, and anybody that didn't have a, a real close family to go be with would be invited into the home if they were a family friend. And food would be shared, and people would eat just like we do today until they couldn't move. And you know what that was? It was a Thanksgiving. It was also a reassurance that we're going to be okay. We've been good ants. We've worked hard enough. We're going to make it through the winter. We will be here to still see spring. It's okay to enjoy the fruits of our labor and our efforts. It's okay to share with others. It's okay to be grateful for all that we have. It will be enough. I sure wish that instead of just teaching our children in school about the Indians and the pilgrims and the fake buckles, that maybe a little bit more of that was going into our education system. A little bit more of an understanding that when people 200 years ago, 300 years ago, sat around a table and ate that much food and shared with that many people at one time, that it wasn't like today where if you needed more food, you went to Kroger, or you went to Publix, or you went to Winn-Dixie. They're even still in business, I'm not sure. Albertsons or whoever. There wasn't anything like that. In many of the colonies, there wasn't even a lot of stores around of any kind or shape. You know, it would be you have to get on a horse and ride for a day just to pick up a couple sacks of grain for some extra provisions to make it through. And what if you had to do that in the winter because you ran out in the winter and the snow drifts were six feet high? That's how it was. We were still in the tail end of the little ice age, folks, during the 17 and 1800s. Early 1800s were cold, long, cold winters, colder than you can imagine. But they had a feast. They had a feast. And the main purpose of the feast, besides being thankful, was to reassure the family, to reassure everybody, we're going to make it through winter. We're going to see spring. It's an amazingly optimistic view of a holiday that many people that would like to go back and rewrite history have tried to tear down. Let me tell you a little bit more about Thanksgiving and why we should be thankful that there is a Thanksgiving today. The first official declaration of Thanksgiving was by George Washington in 1789, but it was not made a national holiday until Abraham Lincoln did it in the middle of the Civil War. He was looking for a way to unify the nation, so he officially said, A date of the third Thursday in November is Thanksgiving Day. After the Civil War was over, Thanksgiving was largely not celebrated in the entire southern United States. It was viewed as a damn Yankee holiday. And it was only over time as people began to relocate and the wounds between the states began to heal that the people of the South were willing to accept the holiday as an American holiday instead of a Northern holiday. So when he tried to monkey with our holiday, his name was Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And I'm sorry, I think I said that Lincoln set the holiday for the third Thursday in November. It was the fourth Thursday in November, which it is today. If I made that mistake, I'm sorry. But it was Roosevelt who then moved it from the fourth Thursday to the third Thursday. Now, why would somebody do that? Why would somebody mess with tradition? What does everybody do on Friday after Thanksgiving? They go shopping. Like to believe that it was different during the Great Depression? It wasn't. People went shopping on Black Friday during the Great Depression. So Roosevelt thought if he moved Thanksgiving back a week, it would add one week to the Christmas shopping season and help spur the economy. Eventually people got pissed off and uh, complained about it, and it got moved back where it is today, the fourth Thursday. That's how it became uh, that day, and that's how it was put back on that day, and that's how it's been ever since. And I think one of the things we really need to understand about the spread of Thanksgiving through the United States is how it was... Commensurate with healing of the wounds between the states from the Civil War. And I think if you're 10 years younger than me, you know, maybe my generation was the last to really see it for what it was. And I'm glad that it's gone and I'm glad that it's dead, but I think we need to remember it so that we understand what a great nation we've actually formed today. Because sometimes I get real hard on our government. And I'll continue to do it, folks. You'll you'll tune back in. You'll hear me tearing up a senator or the president or a chief justice for stepping on our Constitution. But overall, we have a pretty great country. And what I remember, when I was a child, very young child, I'm talking kindergarten, first, second grade, and I moved... From Pennsylvania to Florida with my family. My grandfather and his friends in Pennsylvania would always tell me, you're down there with them damn rebels. And the kids that I went to school with would sometimes call me a damn Yankee until I picked up that Florida accent. And... It wasn't like it is today. I hear people call Yankees, people Yankees today. And, and generally when you hear somebody call somebody a damn Yankee today, it's because it's, you're, you're putting them down for being a big government tax and spend liberal from Massachusetts or something like that. Or it's, it's it's kind of like, you know, a Texas joke. Well, Yankees, where do they come from? They come from Oklahoma. Anything north of the Red River, you know, that's the Mason-Dixon line in our opinion. But there's a joke and there's a joviality to it. I saw the last vestiges of the true Animosity that was held over by my grandfather's generation and the generation before him that handed it down. I saw that. I saw it for what it was. You know, and I saw at the same time the last vestiges of true racism in this country, where we were bussing students for integration purposes and things like that. And there was resistance to it and all these other things. It was a tail end. It was the late 70s, early 80s. And that stuff's gone on behind us now. But a lot of that healing, a lot of that unifying, went right along with the spread of Thanksgiving as it slowly made its way through the United States. What I'm saying to you folks is in 1880, if you lived in South Georgia, you didn't celebrate Thanksgiving at all. You didn't even notice. You didn't even care. If you had a kid in college up north, he'd write you a letter about it. You you were like, yeah, you're with that damn Yankee holiday. And today... Thanksgiving is celebrated in all 50 states. And it's one of the first American traditions, that's uniquely American, that legal immigrants, and even illegal immigrants, let me be fair, that come to our country adopt as one of their own. It is one of the most unifying things in America. And it's why I get disgusted when people try to tear it down. And on Thanksgiving Day, we should not just get together and eat food and be thankful for the bounty in front of us. We should think of the other things that we're thankful for. So I ask you to pause today and just think, what are you thankful for? As you continue to prepare for the unknown future, try to make your life better, whether it gets bad or it doesn't, living the show free, as you you continue to be an ant like those brave people before us, there were preppers and survivalists and didn't even know that that's what it was called, it was just living back then. Think about all the things that make your life easier. The fact that you can turn a switch and a light bulb will come on. The fact that if you're cold, there's a little box on your wall that you can turn up, and if you're hot, you can turn it down. It will change the temperature of your home. The fact that a person like me is free to get on the Internet and blast his government and sometimes support it. And no one shows up at my house to take me away. That you're free to listen to it and no one shows up at your house and takes you away. That you're free to go to any church, temple, or synagogue that you want to worship God as your choice. Or you're free to not. The freedom to do so and the freedom to not do so is something that long ago became uniquely American. It's prevalent in many places in the world today. But people often think of the Puritans and the Pilgrims being deeply religious. And they held their own community to deep religious standards, but they didn't try to force that onto other communities. They really didn't. It's a misnomer. They did try to spread it among the Indians, and that didn't work out real good. But, you know, nobody's perfect. Think about how grateful you should be that you can walk up to a police officer in this nation and ask for help and get it. Because there's places where people so fear their police, they would never go to a police officer for help. Think about how grateful you are that despite the fact that our education system needs a massive overhaul, at least everybody learns how to read that wants to in this country. And that's true. No matter how bad you want to put down the education system, any kid that goes to our schools, any of them, even the crappiest one that wants to learn to read, to write, and do basic math, They'll come out with that education. There's places in the world where you can't buy that education. Be grateful for all that we have. And just remember that unique part of Thanksgiving that no one ever talks about that I talked to you earlier. Just remember that when people 200 years ago sat down to a massive banquet, it wasn't just patting themselves on the back. It wasn't just being thankful. It was, we know winners almost here. We know that the last days that the sun really is warm on our faces are almost over for a while. We know that we're going to go into a darkness. We know that we're going to go into a time where there's not very much. But we also are going to feast. And we're not going to ration today or tomorrow or the next day. We're going to feast for three days because we know we'll see spring. And folks, there could be no better time than to think of that than today. Because today, our nation is headed for some very tough times. Our government has pumped $7 trillion of phony money into our economy. They've done it. There's There's no way to pull it back now. It's already happened. Right now, we're seeing prices come down. Prices on everything will go up. They have to. You can't put $7 trillion into an economy without devaluing money can't be done we're going to go through some dark times but even while you're prepping even while you're saving even while you're preparing i want you to stop not just on thanksgiving but every once in a while i want you to stop i want you to gather around your family your friends people that don't have other people i want you to sit down and i want you to feast doesn't always have to be with food sometimes it can be with words Sometimes it can be with activities, but every once in a while I want you I want you to just splurge on yourself with emotion and even money and certainly with food. And just enjoy it and make it something special. And make it part of remembering That even though you have to be smart about how you spend, you have to be smart about how you store, you have to be smart about how you work, how you save, that every once in a while you need to remind yourself that spring will come and that you're going to be there to see it. That's really all I have for you today. This has been Jack Spirico with a Thanksgiving edition of the Survival Podcast, hoping that I've helped you figure out today how to live that better life if times get tough or even if they don't. You can scream, and you can holler, it really doesn't matter, cause it all gets spent.